Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked. It's Saturday. It is March the 4th, and it's time for your favorite show of the weekend. Bigger than Revolution. Bigger than anything else. Bigger than a TK press conference where someone goes absolutely bonk-ass wild. It's time for Newsworthy. And as always, I have the newsman himself. I got Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, how you doing? Uh, I'm sick, but I'm here. I'm not tired. I'm a little tired. Uh, I'm a little old. I'm not injured. I do work with fucking children. Where's your, you gotta take a sip of something. Oh, I got Gatorade. Been drinking a lot of Gatorade. Gatorade, we don't have a sponsorship, so I don't know if we gotta blur this out, but Gatorade's very good, especially if you're not feeling well. Get those electrolytes in you, everybody. I ain't blurring out nothing. Gatorade, the official sponsor of absolutely nothing on Fightful Overbooked. <laughs> that was me last week, by the way. Y'all know how it goes. Five stories on the board. Actually, this week, tell you what, let's do six because we are so jazzed for the busy weekend we're about to have. We'll do six stories because honestly, Jeremy, you sent me six stories and typically, you know, we'll pull back the curtain a little bit. We'll kind of talk about if we really want to prune one out or if we want to do an honorable mention. And like I looked at all these and I said, no, we can talk about all these because they all provided some sort of important like discussion for the week uh before we jump in jump into them do you want to talk about why six or is there like a specific uh, mindset well i'll peel back the curtain even further joel i actually had seven uh and i I cut the one that i cut was one that really it provided nothing of anything the headline was just funny to me uh it was tony khan being asked about eddie kingston in the press call or the media call and he's like stay tuned to the wrestling business to see what happens with eddie kingston and i just the headline that i ended up getting out of that of like stay tuned to the wrestling business is just hilarious to me uh th- this is what i'm gonna you know if people ask questions nowadays about like hey what's going on with this the just stay tuned to the wrestling business, everybody. You never know what's going to happen in the wrestling business and the wrestling metaverse. Tony used the word metaverse. No. He's uh, like, stay tuned to the wrestling metaverse. <laughs> oh, God. Now, I, every cut single- one, yeah. I cut that one, though. I cut that one. I'm glad you did. Every single Q&A that ever happens from now on on a Fightful channel needs to include stay tuned to the wrestling business. Stay tuned to the wrestling business or can't comment on that legally. For legal purposes, just can't comment on that. <laughs> so much legality is involved in talking. I don't get it anymore. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Shall we get started with the real stuff? Let's get to it. Let's go. Number one. Britt Baker, AEW All Out Scrum was heartbreaking, disappointing, and embarrassing. Britt Baker appeared on Brandon Walker's wrestling show to talk about uh, a whole plethora of things, but this is really something that got a lot of traction talking about the All Out Scrums, as you'd expect. Uh, it talks to me about Britt Baker and her general feelings about the Scrums and just the interview itself with uh, with Brandon Walker. So yeah, she noted that this is the first time she really commented on this, and I believe that's true. I don't recall ever hearing her opinion on it, uh, regardless, or uh, just on it. Um, and you know, Britt's been there since the beginning. She was the first woman signed. She obviously has a history with the Young Bucks and Omega. She's very complimentary of Omega when it came to like her character and stuff. Young Bucks were 
part of the group that that signed her she's i think she she says it in this interview like she owes a lot to them also we know cm punk was a big fan of Britt baker and and put her over in his first promo and we know Britt baker liked cm punk and they they seemed to get along during his time there so even if it like oh Britt wasn't there she doesn't know like she kind of has feelings towards both sides like good feelings towards both sides so i i was interested in her comments and she she gave good comments regarding it like yeah and she didn't talk about the altercation stuff either that's what so many people want to focus on is like hey talk about the altercation the fights and everything she was specifically talking about just punk's comments at the press conference and everything he said towards uh the elite hangman and cabana and saying it was heartbreaking this point. It's like, we're on the same team here. Like, you know, we're, we're rallying against everybody else. Like it's, it's us against them. And you are now doing this infighting stuff by going after them. And she, she talked about like, you know, that press conference is that's supposed to be your time to talk about general feeling. Sure. But more just like the pay-per-view, how you're feeling, come out, not air your grievances with everything. Like it does nobody any use of like, let me bury this person. Let me bury that person during that and i think that's that's honestly kind of a draw to the press conference to me it's like yeah what kind of dumb shit are they gonna stir up with this i don't want this kayfabe storyline stuff uh you know air some grievances out there um but i i, I thought her comments were, were very were were good and i her take on it was very good and her take on it was something that we we've kind of heard from different parties and stuff but she really detailed everything like it was it was a long thoughtful answer from from brit and i appreciated her comments especially given her position with seeming to to like both sides of of uh of the the story here brit comes off in this interview very well not only that she speaks very well generally i do i agree with you this this was very well spoken she should have been someone that was sent out to talk when asked about this yes the whole no we can't talk about this because of legalities she took a totally different path and is completely impartial because like you said she is she's connected to everyone in some way and on top of that she is someone who is like an AEW flag bearer she is someone that the company goes to for so many things publicly and with publicity i don't know why it's taken this long for someone to ask her about it or why it's taken so long for someone to like feel comfortable like her to speak about it but uh she she really does come off really well and like i said she's someone for pr purposes they should have sent her out to talk about this because she she did it right talking about mental health talking about just the 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 general status of the locker room after the fact before the fact you know it's okay to be embarrassed by this situation you should be your your locker room should not feel good about what happened and it's okay to say that and i'm glad that she did Uh, i don't know if you have anything else to add to this whole thing i liked that you know it was very much pitted of okay, you take a side punk, you take the punk side or you take the elite side and everything. And she was very good in saying like, look, no matter how you feel about the elite or AEW or anything, like it probably wouldn't exist without the Young Bucks because it was, I think Matt who was like, yeah, I'm going, I'm in on this. And then he convinced Nick and then they convinced Tony and they convinced Cody and everything. And it's like Tony Khan obviously had the idea and everything, but you can't do it without all of these guys because they could have easily been like yeah your idea sounds like great and everything you know what i'm gonna take uh i'm gonna take the wwe money because they were obviously courted by wwe during that time and 
Jericho. Everybody has said the story of like, there's been a million promoters over the years who have come to us with, we have these grand plans. And then how many of them have followed through? They had to take the leap of like, hey, we're actually going to go with this. And if the Young Bucks don't take that leap, Kenny probably doesn't take that leap. Who knows if Cody takes that leap? We just don't know of anybody, but they took it. And without them doing that, AEW might not exist. Probably doesn't exist. CM Punk didn't take that leap. I mean, CM Punk waited until it was very established to, to join. And I've said this a million times on a bunch of different podcasts of like, I don't know if there is resentment from the elite of like, look, man, you came in here and it's cool. You're a big draw and everything, but you weren't here day one. You turned it down because you didn't think this thing was going to succeed day one. And then you came in once we put our foot in the ground already. It's like, okay, I can help you boost. But like you were not with us during the pandemic with us during the, the tried times of the, the first month, the first months of television and everything. So like, I don't know if there's resentment there. I wish somebody would ask them that. And maybe they can't comment on that for legal purposes, but I wish someone would ask them that if, you know, if there was any resentment and then everything he said, just built it up. But and this is another thing where, and we'll talk about it a little bit with, with Kenny Omega with, with his comments. And I know I, I chose a different article for, for Omega, but it, it all ties together. But this is where, when we talk about CM Punk stuff, I just don't know how much he's actually going to come back because I think there are more feelings there than just let's set it aside and do business. Before we move on, I just want to read this little uh, quote from from Britt Baker. Is there other stuff there? Of course. Are there people that I don't like? Of course. Are there things I do not like? Of course. I'm still a soldier for AEW. I'm on the front lines, and I'm going to put it over. Talking about AEW, talking about pay-per-view, and so on and so forth. Again, I go back to you want the right person saying the right things as a PR spokesperson. This woman knocks it out of the park. She is very much a soldier for the company and she should have been out there from the beginning is what I will say. Uh, I'm ready to move on if you are. Yeah. Kenny Omega comments on his WWE rumors. He wants to help the next generation. Kenny was on Renee Paquette's The Sessions and this interview was fantastic. Uh, I enjoyed listening to these two chop it up. I very much enjoyed Kenny giving a, a bit of um, transparency, a little bit of, of honesty when asked about his contract situation with AEW and, of course, everything else. Turns out he uh, is a, a a hockey player who had aspirations of playing in the WHL or the WECHL, whatever it was, playing Western Canadian hockey. Uh, talk to me about Kenny and Renee uh, in this interview. So one of the, the big stories coming out of this was like the all out stuff because he, he did comment on it too. He talked about the, the eerie atmosphere when he returned and that's what everybody rightfully uh, picked up and stuff. I There wasn't as much like talk about his WWE comments. And the reason I, I wanted to talk about this is because like he did a very good job just evading all of that. He didn't really give like, yeah, my contract is up here. And this is where, and I get Renee's position. I'm never going to bury Renee Paquette. She, she's fantastic. But she she has said, even on this podcast, like, I'm not here to, like, get a bunch of headlines, clickbait. That's not Renee's podcast, really, at all. Renee's podcast is very, like, hey, let's just chop it up and just have a casual conversation about stuff. So Renee framed this instead of being, like, tell me about the WWE rumors. Have you talked with WWE? When does your contract end? Like, have they added time to your contract? She did not press any of that. It was a very just uh, blanket of, like, do you want to comment on this? And then Kenny just gave the comments that he gave of like, 
you know what? I've kind of accomplished everything in AEW. I'm not really chasing that anymore. Like my accomplishments speak for itself. Like I don't have those feelings anymore. Now it's about like helping the younger generation. Like what can I do to push wrestling forward type of things? And you can read into these comments. However, you want to read into these comments. I read into it. I don't think he's going anywhere, but stranger things have happened. And I think as we continue to talk about CM Punk and him potentially coming back and things like that, I think that could push him towards wwe uh but th- this is just i wanted to talk about it because it was a answer by it was a good evasion answer by kenny omega and it was one of the times where it's like as much people want to talk about push 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 when it comes to this stuff when it comes to these podcasts and everything when it comes to various relationships that that people have with people and we know renee works with aew she's not she's admitted on this like she's not the person who's going to press on this and she didn't. You can take that however you want. But I do think if you want to be fair to certain situations that we've seen pop up in in recent times of like, give us a blanket statement. Oh, of course, you're just going to let them off the hook with this. You work for the company. Oh, wait, if you had this person on, would you press a little bit more? Because you don't have these ties to it. You gotta you got to look at every relationship, every interviewer, interviewee relationship differently because there are different not guidelines but there are just different relationships different personal ties to to the interviewer and the interviewee that you're just you're maybe not going to ask for a lot of this stuff like i don't think anybody's going to accuse renee paquette of being a terrible interviewer because she did not say tell me your contract status when is it actually up did they add time have you talked to wwe are you thinking about going to wwe nobody's gonna be like oh you suck renee because you didn't ask those questions and she instead was just like do you want to comment on any of the rumors that are out there and i agree with you it really does come down to the rapport that you have with the the interviewer and the interviewee and on top of that like time and a place uh in this case, like Renee could have easily have could have pressed, but it's not really her style, like you said. Uh, I watched her talk to George Strombolopoulos, who you know, for Canadians, for the longest time was like the guy when it came to hard pressed interviews or hard pressing interviews with journalists and politicians and, and and entertainers, whatever it was. He wasn't afraid to go there. That doesn't mean he's a better interviewer than Renee Paquette. That just means he's different, and that means that his his angle or his his conversation style was different what he wanted out of it was different in this case you know she she chopped it up with kenny that's what she was doing that's what she does with every single podcast she does and i want to bring it back to what you were just talking about you know people reading into comments well i'm gonna read i'm gonna read into something real quick with him uh when he talked about his career goals and aspirations i noticed he talks a lot about like japan or winning match of the year. He's like, I was motivated to win the G1. I was motivated to win the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship and the match of the year, wrestle of the year, and then random things like, could I win the PWI 500, be number one? Makes no reference to AEW. Makes no reference to, can I start my own you know, wrestling company with my best pals and become super successful? He doesn't really go into that. But I also think that there's a reason he doesn't go into that because maybe he doesn't see it as successful yet. Or, uh, as he spoke of earlier in the interview, I don't like being an EVP for all intents and purposes. <laughs> it seems to be the going concern with the EVPs. Like, this shit's harder than I thought it would be. But um, regardless, I, I found it interesting that Kenny had a lot more to say about his time in Japan when talking about his career aspirations. 
than he did about AEW. But I also think that means he's sticking around AEW because he can go back to Japan. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's a big reason why he's sticking in AEW as well is the Japan stuff. Who knows? Maybe WWE will let him work some Japan dates. I mean, he's literally only been to Japan for one show. He, he was on the New Year's Dash show. But for one show since uh, he signed with AEW. And I know there was a lot of hard feelings on the New Japan AEW side when all that started. So maybe that was a big reason why as well and maybe he will go back at some point um but i feel like he or wwe would allow him to work a show or two in new japan and maybe i'm wrong on this uh, you know they they made the exception for carl anderson obviously uh carl anderson got to work two shows um they made the exception for him but maybe they wouldn't allow that same exception for for kenny omega i feel like they they might they made the exception for nakamura to work the muda show i feel like if kenny wanted to be like hey i'd like to take some japan dates if i'm gonna sign with you they'd be like yeah sure as long as it doesn't conflict they see they definitely if nothing else they are 100 clearly proof is in the pudding more open to that than they were under the previous regime because we have evidence that they are allowing that compared to previous regime where they did not allow any of that so Maybe that works to, to Kenny's benefit. I still think I still think he's staying. With so what you're saying? So what you're saying is Kenny Omega, current IWGP US Heavyweight Champion, is holding on to that title as leverage for when he goes to WWE, so he can say, "You let Carl keep it. I want to keep it too." And then, hey, like, look, that's a that's a good theory. I like this theory. I'm all for it. Uh, and then he's gonna have to drop it at like, yeah, okay, you can go and you can work uh, the New Japan show. But it'll be uh, a New Japan Strong taping. Ha <laughs> ha, LOL, you suck. <laughs> I forgot he won that title. I legitimately forgot he had it. Why wasn't he at Battle in the Valley? He should have been on that show. It would have been really nice to have seen him at least cut a promo or something or set up his next comp- or his next uh, opponent because what's around the corner? Is New Japan Cup for uh, for New Japan? That's yeah, the next New big Japan event. Cup. They got their anniversary show this That's weekend. Right. I, yeah, this weekend. And then New Japan Cup. And then it's... Uh, genesis i believe sakura genesis is the next like big show i mean i would uh, again have kenny send in something because he's not going to be at the show if revolution is this weekend but uh regardless whatever we're 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 running off the rails as we do (laughs) kenny omega we'll see where he lands but another person who wants to see someone land back in AEW is mark henry he says cm punk is not a cancer in the locker room and he believes cm punk still loves wrestling i don't think anyone can uh can tell you that CM Punk doesn't love wrestling. He went to Battle of the Valley. He clearly still loves the the pro wrestling world. Uh, Mark Henry on Busted Open, where he's usually stationed, was talking about comments about Punk and all the ways that he would bring back Punk and all the ways that he would have apologies and fun conversations about it and everything that ensued. Talk to me. So I couldn't do the headline that I kind of wanted to do just because it didn't make sense for the overall article, but a better headline to just pop myself would have been like Mark Henry books, uh, loser has to apologize match between FTR punk and the elite. Cause that's basically what he did. He was like, I want to see FTR who clearly likes CM punk. Dax is Dax said on his podcast this week. Like, yeah, I talked to punk like the other day, like we just exchanged messages and everything. 
we know they're they're still in communication and everything. We know the elite feeling on everything. Uh, Punk has been very active on social media throughout this time of just commenting on various. He keeps going to the pro wrestling podcast page. Shout out to them. They're they're uh, in our chat a lot too. They do great work with uh, how they how they uh, do the the images on stuff and put them on their Instagram page. They they rule. Uh, Punk's always on their page, like commenting on various stuff. Punk clearly still likes wrestling, but Mark Henry just being like, FTR should come up to Punk and be like, you know, you got to put this aside. Let's do this. And it builds to a match. And the loser has to apologize uh, between FTR, Punk, and the Elite. It's like, yeah, good luck booking that one, Tony Khan. Like, how are you, how are you booking this? And it's like, you know what, Punk? You're going to lose this match. And then you got to issue a public apology to these guys or if he for some reason the elite loses like they gotta apologize to cm punk and this is where bless mark henry i realize he he's got a radio show to do he's asked about cm punk he's given his feelings and everything i think mark henry doesn't believe cm punk was a cancer in the locker room i believe that a lot of people in aew believe that cm punk wasn't a cancer in the locker room there are clearly other people who feel otherwise. And I don't know if cancer is the right word, but clearly have some feelings towards punk of like, yeah, he didn't help the locker room as much. Or if he's come back the locker room, it might be an issue. My point on this is it's very easy to comment. And this ties, you did a very good job pacing these stories or putting them together in this order. Joel Pearl, it all ties of we can have our thoughts and feelings on that. Mark Henry can have his thoughts and feelings. Britt can have her thoughts. Everybody can have thoughts, but like, I think they're, and I could be completely wrong. There just seems to be more than just like, put it aside, do business. An apology will solve everything. When you listen to Omega talk about the incident, when you listen to the Bucks talk, and they've given very little comments on this. When you listen to them talk about this incident, it feels like there's more than just, hey, apologize and let's do business and let's smooth it over and everything. There, it, it doesn't always work like that, right? Like for us, for outsiders, for people who were not actually affected by this situation, Hangman hasn't really talked about the situation, but Hangman got blasted in this. He wasn't part of the altercation thing, but CM Punk said plenty of shit about Hangman Page. And, you know, Hangman was the top guy in that company. A, it feels like it just goes a little bit deeper than like, Hey, I said some shit. My bad guys. You know, I'm sorry. That's my fault. Let's put that aside and do business. Like there's more feelings on one side of this than just an apology is going to cure all because that's how life works in a lot of ways, right? Like sometimes people say shit that really hurt you. And then it leads to something bigger that hurts you even more. And it's like, you're going to apologize, but it's, you know what, man? Like I don't want to be associated with you anymore i don't want you around anymore and you might think it's okay and that you said sorry and that like you moved on but you can't take back what you said and it's cool yeah maybe we can do business together and that's fine but like i'd just rather not do any type of business with you and i get the feeling and i could be completely wrong but i get the feeling that there is just more to it on the elite side and that they just have a little bit more, they're they're a little bit more hurt by all this. And by all understandings, they they have every right to be because what Punk said was it cut very deep in a lot of ways. So I can understand like why they would be a little bit more hurt. But Mark Henry is definitely clearly the type of person like, hey, put it all aside, do business. Like sometimes I think when we say things like that, when other people say things like that, 
we're not fully taking into account like how the elite actually feel about these things. And when you listen to them talk, especially Omega, when he talked about it uh, on Renee's podcast, when you listen to them talk about it, it feels a lot more than just an apology will suffice. Let them back in and kumbaya. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna apologize. <laughs> I had to bring that back. No, but uh, I think there's also on top of everything you're, you're talking about, think about it. Mark Henry had to spend months at this point talking about it, or at least dancing around it on the radio show that he is a guest on frequently. He's a co-host on. Yeah. There's a certain amount of fatigue that comes with that, that eventually you're just like so beat down that you're just like, I want everyone to apologize and get over it. And like, that's easy when you're stuck on the outside being told over and over and over again, like this side and this side and this guy's cancer and this guy's the worst. But like you have relationships with them. At that point, you're just so over it that you're like, I don't care. Everyone make nice. We're done. You know, it's like it's like when children fight. It's the same thing. Like, just get over it and be friends again. But again, to your point, everyone has a different experience in this. And what Mark's feeling isn't what CM Punk is feeling, isn't what Kenny Omega is feeling, or Matt or Nick Jackson, because both of them are individuals, right? Everyone has a different uh, a different opinion and a different feeling and a different uh, expectation of how this should have gone or would have gone. It's a different experience. And um, yeah, it's just, it's so easy for us to jump to conclusions of how it should end or how we would end it, but it's complex. Yeah, and I think it's very easy for people like Mark Henry or anybody on the outside, for people like us to just be like, hey, what would you do? Well, I would do good business. I would book CM Punk against Kenny Omega. But we don't actually matter in all of this. Honestly, we don't. Like, It's easy for us to say that. It's easy for us to be like, this is what Tony Khan should do. But And this is where I think, this is why we're in this situation, right? Because these wrestlers are not just ai generated people although this is how the world is going to go in the next five years or so they're not just ai generated people with no thoughts and feelings they're it's not tew like you have what does kenny omega want to do in this situation what do the young bucks want to do and you're right like what does matt want to do what does nick want to do like what do they want to do in this situation because if they're like hey i'm not putting this aside like i'm actually like still hurt over this this affected me in this way then it's like okay well you ain't doing any business because they don't want to do that kind of business. And that's their right as well. And then I'm sure they'll be criticized of like, well, get over it type of thing. But you know, some shit hurts and it's not on us to be, to tell them how they should feel about what actually happened to them. Cause it is very easy for us to be like, eh, he said some shit, whatever, move on. But if people said that if a coworker who you trusted and everything said this shit about you in a public forum like this, and it led to what it all led to, like you might be more hurt than you, you actually are being on the outside like this. So I I have no idea what's going to happen in the future with with CM Punk. I think everybody thinking that like, he's going to come back. It's going to be fine. He's on social media talking about this. Oh, it's going to lead to his return. It feels like you're just setting yourself up for just like these expectations that you should not, set yourself up for at all it's like what we saw that wednesday right it's like ftr they're gonna be the final team in the the battle royal thing it's like well here's butcher and blade there's no sign of ftr and it's like 
it, just don't create these expectations just because a guy is on social media posting a little bit because maybe he's trying to work himself back into this, but there's another side of this who ain't, ain't trying to work at all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Um, do you know what the C in CM Punk actually stands for? Uh, Koi? No, Chat GPT. He's actually an AI wrestler. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the GPT stands for in Chat GPT in the CM Punk, where the C stands for Chat GPT? What the fuck did you know? GP, huh? Grappling person translator. Oh. Yeah. So CM Punk. GTS? Do you know what GTS stands for? It stands for stolen move from Kenta. That's what it stands for. Sounds like that doesn't really sound right to me, but, I, but you know what? You're the news guy, so I'm just going to take your I'm going to take your advice, take your word for it. Uh, speaking of people trying to work themselves into matches, Dax Harwood says the pinnacle was DOA because one person yeah. thought he was bigger than the group. Dax uh, definitely likes to talk about a lot of different things on his podcast, FTR with Dax Harwood and Macoon. Uh, this was certainly no different. First of all, so two things we're going to talk about this article. Second of all, can we also talk about the comments of him? sending transcripts to aew legal <laughs> just so that he makes sure he doesn't i don't know cause a stink what's the deal with that and let's talk about dax and uh the the, the pinnacle having one person who was bigger than the group and who it could have been it was clearly tully right i would like to know if he sends like my transcripts over like who is transcribing this right for him and if he's using closer. like you're one step closer to getting that gig with aew if that's yeah, really <laughs> if he's using like the transcripts that I use or another writer uses, like can can I get some some royalties off of this? Or if he's using somebody else, if Matt Coon uh, is transcribing and sending them over, Matt, can you save me some time and just send those transcripts to me so I don't have to transcribe all this stuff myself? I'll run the articles. That's not an issue. Uh, yeah, if that's what he's doing, please give me some royalties or send me the transcripts so I can save myself some time. Uh, as far as these comments go, I really enjoyed this podcast talk, talking about the pinnacle because I think Dax feels the way a lot of wrestling fans feel of maybe not that MJF. He's obviously talking about MJF. He 
talks a lot about MJF in this podcast and how like how MJF was like kind of undercut a lot of things. Um, but I think a lot of wrestling fans feel the same way of like the pinnacle should have been more than it actually was. Like they really only did the feud with inner circle and Jericho. Otherwise it was a really short lived group. And like, if you take that aspect out of it, they didn't do anything else. And they probably, they definitely, in my mind should have done a lot more than, than they did. Dax talked about all the different ideas he had of wanting to work with Santana and Ortiz more and how it could have branched off to different stuff. He thought totally should have been more at the front front forefront, which I don't, completely disagree with totally one of the best talkers of all time like you probably should have had the microphone a little bit more but yeah the pinnacle stuff it it didn't go where a lot of people thought it should have gone where a lot of people expected it to go when they first formed and compared to where you look at the inner circle where that ended up going and then okay the inner circle ended up splitting but then that just led to the jericho appreciation society which hey like they're still going strong and everything feel feel how you want to feel about the jericho appreciation society but they are a weekly fixture on television i know chris jericho has a lot of influence with that but they're still there on television every single week guys are getting their spots on tv where you look at the pinnacle mjf is doing well ftr was kind of doing well but they were in and off so much over the past years and now they're off wardlow was hot after the mjf stuff completely cooled down admitted himself he's cooled down now we'll see what happens tomorrow night at, at revolution sean spears has made like one cameo appearance since the the wardlow feud with mjf he ain't doing anything totally just got fired and he's just off television completely he went to roh for a cup of coffee and that thing should have been so much more and i think a lot of people agree with that and I don't know how much went on behind the scenes there with MJF. I never know where the line is with MJF. And sometimes I like that of like, is this guy an asshole in real life as well of being this way on television? Or is he just really good at being an asshole on television behind the scenes? He's a nice guy and everything, but clearly he's got some detractors backstage of like, we should have been able to get a little bit more out of this. And we didn't because one guy just used this as a vehicle to boost himself and didn't take everybody else along with it unfortunately it's not the first time or the last time we've seen this too right we can talk about the firm it's a very yeah. similar you know it's a very similar situation and there are other examples within a w i will i will say about the firm is like that never got a chance and it should have mind yeah. you they could have easily reversed course but that was supposed to be a cm punk feud everything happened who knows what the firm would have looked like if punk and MJF played out, like we thought it was going to play out once we saw the closing to all out. Could they have reversed course? Could they have done more with that, with the, with that being an MJF led vehicle? Yes, they did it. They nixed it pretty much immediately. The whole idea of the firm is this rich guy has us on retainer. We do his dirty work. Well, they haven't done his dirty work in forever you know, since, since he basically fired them, it was just, it's very strange. It was, uh, we're not, we're not talking about the firm. We're talking about the pinnacle. And, uh, and, but my point being that there have been opportunities for other groups in AEW to come in and shine and do well, but we're not actually getting there. Um, Tully being the stick guy could have been, would have been great. Wardlow had probably the best opportunity of the bunch who wasn't named MJF to become a huge star out of this. And we saw what happened. I'm really just reiterating your points to say, Yes, it had potential. It did not play out the way it could have or should have. And as a result, you know, 
FTR kind of got lost in the shuffle for a while until they started collecting belts and that became their, you know, their moment, their thing. And then Spears, you know, he's a happy, he's happy. He's a dad now, but yeah, it's a strange. I found it. I found it interesting that when the pinnacle first started, you know, there were so many high hopes for it and everything and Spears tweeted, and this was the comment they made, or this is, they talked about the tweet Spears tweeted like DOA. So it was dead on arrival. And it seemed like as much as we thought it was going to be great on television behind the scenes, they kind of knew almost immediately that like, Oh yeah, this is not going to work how everybody else thinks it's going to work and how we would like it to work. Um, and, and you know, it, uh, Dax said this in, in on the podcast of that first promo. He thought Tully should have talked more. He thought Tully should have been like, hey, this is the guy who should sort of introduce everybody, get everybody over and stuff. And instead, it was MJF. And we saw that actually uh, with the Firm promo where Stokely did a lot of that talking for uh, the Firm and setting up their goals and stuff instead of MJF. And then they explained their ties to MJF. And then, of course, it led absolutely nowhere. Uh, But that was was interesting that Spears tweeted a DOA basically saying like, at the moment this was put together, we kind of knew it wasn't going to work and it just, it should have been, it should have been more. I did. I did like that. Uh, they, they touched on the Cody thing of, they talked about wanting to do a group with Cody cause Cody had Arn, obviously Arn and Tully. Cody didn't want to turn heel understandable for him at that time. And so that group never worked. They did talk about having women in the group. Brent Baker was, was bantered about uh, Serena D was the big one about being part of the group. And it seemed like that may have been close, but again, the group never really lasted. Like when you look at the pinnacle, I don't want to say it's like one of the biggest missed opportunities in all of wrestling history, because that's a little over-exaggeration and everything. I do think it was a pretty big missed opportunity though, what, what that group was and what they really could have been given the collection of talent that they had. Especially at the time, AEW was really, really good about utilizing the legends in factions or with wrestlers yeah. whenever they were paired up whoever whoever was paired up with whomever they were doing their best work sting and darby allen continues to work you know uh you've got jake with with lance archer that was working for a long time it was this was working there was an opportunity there to really boost some profiles but that's not to be that's not what happened i don't think in wrestling history uh, like you said a little heavy-handed to say it's the most you know overlooked or, or underutilized group but I think maybe an AEW it could have been. I, I'm trying to think like off the top of my head. I, yeah. I think the inner else. circle. What's up? I was going to say, like, I can't think of anybody else that really didn't last very long and imploded in like the weirdest and most inopportune ways. I mean, I don't think Black Blackpool Combat Club has reached the heights they should have, but at least they've won a bunch of titles and they continue to be featured on television every single week. And there's still there's still some type of unification there. I was thinking Inner Circle and largely Inner Circle just because I think Santana Ortiz should have won the tag team titles yeah. at some point. That was a big missed opportunity, but still Inner Circle like Jericho was the champion. Sammy definitely got elevated. He got the TNT title and everything. So you can't call them like a, a, a miss or anything like that. I'm trying to think of just other groups. And yeah, every other group was more of like a, a secondary type of group. Um, like Death Triangle got titles. Elite got titles. All these guys ended up be- having good stories, getting titles and stuff. Pinnacle was just, they were there for a Jericho feud that they lost. And then that was the end of them. 
House of Black is the only other group right now where I'm like, you're you're treading water. You got to find something that works, and we'll see what happens after Revolution. That's fair, yeah. But I don't think they were designed to be this super group like Pinnacle is. House of Black is just Malachi Black wanting to do his lore stuff. Yeah, no, I, and I understand that. That's why I kind of bring them up last. It's kind of like, yeah. they're the last people I can think of. Uh, let's move on. Matt Hardy provides an update on Jeff Hardy. He says an AEW return has not been talked about. Uh, Jeff Hardy went, sorry, Matt Hardy, I should say, went deep into a uh, conversation with John Alba on their podcast, The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. This was a really good chat. And I know that you, uh, Jeremy, were given a lot of flowers for uh, your transcription work on this. I found it very interesting that uh, Jeff ended up doing close to 170 days altogether, according to Matt, in rehab instead of what was supposed to be a 90-day extensive rehab stint. So talk to me about this whole this whole conversation because there is a lot in here about Matt talking about his brother, Jeff. Yeah, this was just, you know, it's like an hour and a half podcast and I only got this article out of it. And this is, we've talked about it before of when it comes to my, my news writing tips, you can hit the, you can insert this out if you would like Jeremy's news writing tips. I'm too sick to put the effort into it. Um, but like sometimes you just got to, craft an entire article out of the entire story and instead of picking and choosing and stuff like this topic was jeff hardy instead of just being like hey here is an update on his wrestling return and then no other context to it you've got to give the full context to everything uh and this really stemmed from matt's comments the previous week which i didn't listen to that podcast i i don't know who did the the transcription work on that but i know matt wasn't happy with like his comments about AEW booking being kind of taken out of context. And I guess he was asked of like, Hey, hypothetically, what would you do? And then Matt said, I really enjoy working for it. Like hypothetical, since you're asking, here's something that I would do. And I don't know if we took stuff out of context. If we do, I apologize to Matt. That wasn't on me. Go yell at somebody else. Sorry, John Alba, go yell at somebody else. Um, But this is, this is uh, when it came to this, like the whole topic was Jeff Hardy and his, everything that he's gone through with rehab potential return and everything not only the rehab just like his entire life with when it comes to like addiction and everything and how certain life events have maybe led to to this kind of stuff and this is where i find it very important and i always tell everybody read the read the article read the entire article don't look at because there's so many just engagement accounts out there now of like here's this juicy quote comment on this here's a headline comment on this and look i write i write headlines that try to get engagement and everything right like it's, it's what i do um but always read the article and more than reading the article always listen to the podcast for yourself because we as writers and i try to do my best when it comes to providing context to everything and telling the full story uh when it comes with everything even if i don't always use quotes because i didn't use a lot of the quotes in this of like matt talking about their their mother passing away when they were young or their dad passing away or other stuff like jeff has gone through i just sort of recapped it in, in little blurb form and then got the quotes that i thought were important to the story but like always try to provide context if there is something bigger to the story you can never you can never provide too much context I don't think like you, I just don't think you can, you can, you can always give detail, always give as much detail as, as you can when it comes to this stuff. And I don't want, I don't, I don't want interviewers feeling like we misled when it came to an article. I definitely don't want the wrestlers feeling like we misled of like, well, I said this instead of that. And you didn't say what I said here. Um, 
So like you should always just provide as much context as possible. Like if they say nice things about the stuff and then maybe they say like one, maybe, maybe the overarching quote, like, so go back to the Matt Hardy thing of the booking. I know a lot of people just took of, Hey, here's what I've fixed with the booking. And they didn't talk about Matt saying the nice things about AEW of like, you know what? Actually, I think AEW does a lot of things well. So it's just like, here's what I would fix. It's like, well, he said good things about AEW too. And it's important to just provide that part. I saw a lot of people uh, when it came to running this quote, who just sort of picked and choose like the wrestling update. And then maybe a little bit on the rehab and everything. It's like, you're not just giving the full thing. Like it's very easy to just pick and choose that stuff. But like, there's so much more to this and i understand like we're in a business of like just give me the important stuff give me the juicy stuff and i'll just that's all i care to read but like we we owe it as as writers and transcribers to like give as much detail and context as possible and i'm not saying i do this 100 correctly every single time i don't think i do i i know there's examples of when i haven't and, but I I try and I try to be better if I know I screw up when it comes to, to context and everything. So I thought I did good with this. Um, I've been told I did good with this by the people who are part of this podcast. So uh, like not only publicly, but privately as well. So I, I appreciate that. And yeah, I, I like to just set a standard and example of do as much as you can. You owe it to the people who actually do these podcasts to give as much context, as much detail on this stuff, because some stories are not as simple as here's the update. There is just a lot more that, that goes into it. So that's my big comment on that. You're taking a very personal, a very intimate conversation and a very um, serious one as well. That doesn't work in a tweet. That doesn't work in a, you know, that you you either need to really push people to read the article in the tweet. We're just using an example of pushing people to social media. Uh, or you need to just tell people, read the damn article. Because there is no proper way when you're dealing with something this sensitive to, to just blurt it out in 270 characters or whatever, whatever the character limit is today on, on Twitter.com, 15,000 characters, put the whole damn thing up. But the point here is that this article, it, it, I'm not going to lie. Like it is a long article, but it absolutely gives you everything you need to know about what's going on to Jeff, according to Matt. And that is important. He's very honest. He's very transparent. And on top of everything, you're not just getting, you know, clickety clack style reporting. You're getting, you're getting it from the horse's mouth in this case, and I think it's great that, uh, you know, nothing, nothing's editorialized. Everything's just here the way it should be. That's it. And I tried to put in there a, a lot of Matt reiterated that like he doesn't condone condone the Jeff getting behind the wheel and everything. Like he he said that multiple times. I do think I had one quote, but then I put it in there a lot of like, he said this a lot. And he also reiterated of like, I'm just telling you how I feel from as someone close to Jeff. Like I can't, Jeff is not the type of person who's going to like talk about this stuff in detail. So this is, yeah, the closest thing you're really going to get to like how Jeff is feeling about these things. And like, yeah, I feel this is just very important to the story because I think so many people, and I've seen other websites do this of just like Matt gives like, 
this is how Jeff is actually feeling. This is, you know, this is what's actually going on with Jeff and everything. It's like, oh, not necessarily. Like, this is obviously Matt speaking. He's very close to him and everything. But, like, we don't know how Jeff is actually feeling. Like, Jeff Jeff says these things. And Jeff just isn't going to say a lot of these things. So, you hear it from Matt. But, like, it's an important distinction when it comes to this stuff. And that's why... even if it's not anything close like this, we see a lot, a lot of these stories of like, oh, this person has said that this person told them that. And it's important to know of like who said what, right? Like, Joel, we have we have private conversations of stuff. And then you, if you come out there and just be like, well, Jeremy told me this, like, okay, well, this is what I told you, but how, what did Jeremy actually say? Like, there's so much word games and, and phone tag when it comes to people who just like, I heard this from this person, right? And obviously Jeff and Matt, very close and everything, but it's important, it's an important distinction to make, like, this is what Matt is saying for Jeff. This is not what Jeff is actually, like, this is not straight from Jeff. It's probably as close as you're going to get but it's just an important distinction with things. And I don't think people draw that distinction enough. And again, this is where I think the context needs to be, be provided a lot. And, and I think Dax uh, does this very well on his podcast is like, this is how I felt about things. This is what I heard about things. Like, I don't know how they felt. This is what I felt about the situation. This is what they told me. But like, if you want to know how they felt is again, going back to elite stuff of like, you know, how they felt, ask them about it. This is just my understanding of the street. And I think it's important to always some, some people are very understanding of like the context of that. Sometimes it just needs to be reiterated of like, this is what, who is actually speaking and what they're speaking about. Otherwise legally, I cannot comment on that. Next question, please. <laughs> that should be everybody's answer to everything, man. That made my job so easy. I'd probably be out of a job. I probably wouldn't have, you know, as much to do, but, and if everybody just like, can't legally comment on that, Great. I would listen to so much less stuff. Our last article is very light. Let's get to it. Drew McIntyre, I never lose perspective of how cool it is to play with yourself in a video game. Drew McIntyre making an appearance on Hot Mornings On Demand, talking about WWE 2K23 and playing with himself in video games. Jeremy, let's go. Yeah, uh, he tweeted a few years ago, or a few years ago, a few weeks ago, about like WWE 2K, talking about like playing him with himself in the video games. Then he asked about the tweet uh, on this podcast, and you know he joked and he's like, "Ah ha ha!" Like anything I do is just gonna be a headline and everything, like just making news. And then he actually gave a really real, like, good answer of like, you know, I it's cool to see yourself in video games and action figures and on merchandise and stuff. Like he's just a kid from Scotland who he didn't know if he was going to make it to WWE. He made it to WWE failed. It got fired and then came back. And now he's one of the top stars in the company. Like, so I imagine it's pretty cool to see yourself a lot. A lot of these wrestlers talk about like, it's cool to see yourself immortalized in this way in video games and action figures. And then at the end, he's like, you know, I never lose perspective of what it means to play with yourself and then he didn't actually say that like in video games things and then i just put that in parentheses but i was like ah easy headline fun we'll we'll have fun with this topic and that's what we did so yeah it was it was a it was it was fun to this was another monday morning thing i listened to this over the weekend i was like ah this will hit better on a monday morning i think it hit pretty well like oh man here we go monday morning last week it was piss pants with 
John Moxley. This week, it's uh, Drew McIntyre playing with himself. Brian Danielson will probably say something outrageous that I'll hold off and run that Monday morning after he wins the AEW world title at Revolution. So I hope he wins it at 5.55 p.m. Uh, West Coast time so that he can go to bed early. I Look, I hope he does too because I'm with Brian Danielson. Fuck these shows that last till 3 a.m. Let yep. me go to bed, all right? Danielson gets it. 30s? I think he's in his 40s. Like, man's got kids and everything. Like, we, we got to get some sleep. We ain't got time to hour-long matches and shit. Get out of here. Brian is 41 years old. I get it. I feel you, Brian Danielson. But, yeah, this this was fun. It's a headline pop. Drew McIntyre gets it. And, uh, you know, he's got a 91 rating, but it could be 99 if he just plays with himself a lot. Jeremy, let's plug this stuff and get out of here. Uh, we have – and Drew McIntyre is a fan of mine, by the way. Uh, that's a scoop. For everybody um go. i don't know me personally but he likes he likes the headlines that i do um uh revolution watch along tomorrow night sunday night right here on fightful overbook don't follow me on twitter follow steven jensen on twitter at fight talk underscore uh, we got a bunch of shows we're, we're, we're rolling out content go to twitch.tv slash fightful gaming as well i'm playing retro wrestling games every week at this point i I mean, I could be lying here, but I talked about the NHL trade deadline yesterday. If anybody wants to watch that video on demand, or I maybe didn't. Uh, oh, if you don't see that, then I didn't do it. But Damn, if you do see it, over here. <laughs> um, so yeah, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Go over there, subscribe, give us a follow over there. Subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. Watch Joel. What are you doing tomorrow? Do we have Joel and Kate plus eight with know. Revolution? I have no idea. I didn't know. Like, I haven't been plugging it because... We, we don't either. Normally, Kate and I would be on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern. However, because of the show, I feel like we get bumped. We could go an hour earlier, but to be honest, you know, again, in the interest of transparency, my parents are coming to visit. and uh, Are they going to yeah. be on the show? No. Oh. Definitely not. Uh, no. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we do. Kate and I might just do a makeup show uh, on another night. Don't ask like me. Like makeup tutorials? Yes, we'll, we'll do makeup tutorials because we both know how to really get at it. But anyway, that's uh, that's the plan. But there's there's tons of content at Fightful Overbook, even without Kate and I. I know we anchor this mother, but, you know, we can only do so much. Are you done with your blog? Yeah, I'm done with her blogs. Watch all the shows we have. We have great shows. Yes. New Japan Bread Club, Coexisting, Tag Talk, great shows. Yes, absolutely. All the best shows here on Fightful Overbook. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.